Most people know that Law Matters was created to open the lines of communication with law enforcement, as well as create educational opportunities so we can be better, more informed citizens. For the last several months, all the news stations have been promoting a negative mindset towards the entire law enforcement community. I agree that some of the recent events are beyond egregious. However, those events do not represent the vast majority of the brave men and women who risk their lives daily to keep the rest of us safe. I'm asking you to please, next time you see a member of law enforcement, show some appreciation and thank them for their service. Now, let's start the show. Thank you for joining us this morning. Before I introduce our guests, I want to say thank you to Kay for your donation. We received your donation and it's much appreciated. I also want to remind people that on the 16th of October, we'll be doing a human trafficking awareness event at the Steam Pump Ranch Farmer's Market in Oro Valley. There'll be like 20, 25 agencies there, plus the Farmer's Market. It'll be a lot of fun. Well, the things for kids to do, and I want to see everybody there. We'll be broadcasting live from that event. And on the 29th of October is National Night Out. We'll be in Oro Valley at the Walmart on Tangerine from 6 to 8. And, of course, the Oro Valley Police Department will be there as well. And I have a Save the Date announcement. Save the date for the 20th of November. We're going to be doing a fundraiser at the Antique Tucson Auto Museum. So save that date. I'll have more information coming later on in a few weeks. And right now I want to introduce Cochise County Sheriff Mark Daniels. How you doing? Good, Sherry. It's been a long time since I've seen you. So I know. I'm so happy you. you're here. Good to see you. And he brought Sergeant Tim with him. We've got a lot of news for everybody. Good morning, Tim. How you doing? Good morning. Good morning. Happy to be here. How's the coffee? Oh, it's great. Okay. Great. I'm a, I love coffee. <laughs> okay. We've got a whole list of things to talk about before we talk about anything else. What's going on at the border? Well, what you see in the national media with the, the give-ups, I call them, in Texas has become the poster of what the border looks like. Sadly, in our neck of the woods, we have the getaways. Uh, since this fiscal year, we've had 115,000 getaways in the Tucson sector, which includes Cochise County. What does that mean? That means they've been seen on federal cameras, but have got away, they've eluded the camera, and they're somewhere in the United States never captured. That's oh. 115,000 just through our neck of the woods here in southeast corner of the state of Arizona. Wow. And uh, that's scary. These are people, these are single male adults. Uh, Sergeant Williams will talk about that in a minute too from our camera system. But uh, that are sneaking, being smuggled by the cartels into the United States. These are people that do not want to be caught. These are not the give-ups you're seeing in uh, Texas. But these are people that uh, they're usually, they, they can't get citizenship they're coming to the country, and it's usually for a bad purpose. So this is scary, and this is when it embraces upon public safety, national security, humanitarian, and uh, it's a big concern I have. And just to put it in perspective, over 1,000 a day are getting away on the southwest border as getaways in this country. Wow. So that's just on the southern border. It's actually about 1,100 a day are getting through, and add that up every day. It's, that's a lot of people coming to our country. We have no idea what their intent is or why they're here. So, Tim, tell us what your your job is on the border, because I know you work the border issue. 
So explain all that. Yeah, absolutely. We we started a program around 2017 where we were on a, a camera system that gives us instant notifications when illegal aliens or, or drug smuggling is occurring on the border. It sends us information and we're able to, to coordinate or, or go after it and, and either have Border Patrol make the apprehension or, or we then make the arrest if it's under state charges. Um, this program uh, has kind of really taken off in the last couple of years. Um, to where we're trying to actually cover the entire border uh, with the hub being out of Cochise County, uh, running out of the Sabre program, which which I supervise. Um, it's, been, it's been an awesome program. We've been able to do a lot for a fairly small amount of uh, funds that we were receiving through the border strike for us from Governor Doug Ducey. Um, and it's been a very you know progressive program. We're, we're always trying to innovate and, and make it better. And like one thing I'd like to comment with, like the sheriff said, is that a lot of people are seeing on the media right now where thousands and thousands of give ups there in Texas, uh, what people think that's what's going on across the border. In Arizona, what we're seeing is is people head to toe covered in camouflage, cartels very um, trying to get them across the border undetected that we'll never know that they're coming in. They're not just going to the border. They're not just giving up. They're causing us to go into the worst parts of our terrain, the highest peaks in the mountain, the lowest parts in the desert, the hottest times of the day with raining or snowing or whatever, and going after these individuals because they're trying to get into this country undetected. That's what we're seeing in Arizona. And because they're, they're undetected, what are they bringing in with them? Exactly. We've seen everything from marijuana to methamphetamine to, you know, fentanyl. Everything that we don't want on t on top of um, the COVID virus, you know, on, on top of every other t tuberculosis, all kinds of things that, that we don't want uh, to come into the, this country uh, on unregulated. Yeah, we're, we're, that's, you know, now we're dealing not only with the, the drug side of this, we're dealing with the biological the COVID and all that stuff that we're dealing with on top of this. None of this is good. None of it's good. And I, I just don't understand why they opened up the borders in a pandemic. I don't get it. And all these people in, in Texas, are they vaccinated? <laughs> Probably not. No, I'm sure they confirmed they weren't. This <laughs> <laughs> is like, oh, and what do they think is going to happen when these people come over and they're coming here illegally what do they think is going to happen with them once they get here? And I know in your your county, it's a hundred percent conviction if you're caught. Yeah, we get we have a hundred percent conviction rate uh, for drug smugglers. So we put a, just come up on a hundred drug smugglers that have gone to prison in Cochise County based on uh, Sergeant Williams's camera system. That that's how we detect them. That's how we capture them. So we've we've put consequences to bad acts in Cochise County. Unfortunately, that's not consistent along the southwest border. Sheriffs and law enforcement, uh, they don't see it the way I do. But the bottom line is this. This year, on you, you asked me the initial question. Um, drugs are up 100 to 400% on the southwest border. This war on drugs is, is going to be a discussion in the near future. You can blame the southwest border on that uh, when it comes to, because 90% of all the illicit drugs come through the southwest border. Add on to that is when you don't have policies by this administration, and I'm going to say this directly and bluntly because it's frustrating, where, we've, where Sergeant Williams and my community and myself have been on the southwest border for border um, security, we've done some amazing work down there. Last year at this time, we had four to 500 a day, or excuse me, a month. Wow. This this time, we have about 4,000 a month. 
coming oh. through our area. So oh my God. It's tenfold higher. The drugs are coming up like crazy right now. The methamphetamine, the, the heroin. And then you look in, on the Arizona borders this year, we've had 162 migrant deaths. These are people that are coming across the country illegally that have died as a result. Tell me that's not humanitarian. This is stuff that just drives me crazy. And I've met with, uh, I had the privilege of sitting on, on behalf of national sheriffs, the Biden transition team. And we shared the collective efforts needed to secure a border. We shared the successful programs and we shared the continued uh, invite to continue doing this. When President Biden took over the first day, he stroked the pen saying that the southwest border is not an emergency. It stopped construction. Our border wall, our, our technology, our uh, subterranean um, security measures have all been froze. Our borders are a mess right now in Cochise County and beyond. And so this has not been prioritized by this administration or this president. There's taken no responsibility. We're in the blame game of politics in Washington, D.C. Yeah. As a result, this country is going to suffer. It, it currently is. Um to include our rural communities on the southwest border, we're taking the blunt on this. That's just insane. And, and just before the show started, uh, Tim showed me a picture of what was happening currently on the border. I mean, this is real time, and people were in camouflage coming across the border with backpacks and whatever they're carrying. And I was told and some of the marijuana numbers have gone down. DEA told me that the marijuana have gone down and the cartel are now um, raising or growing avocados to make up for their lost revenue. So if you go to the store and I tell everybody this, if you go to the store and the avocados are from Mexico, don't buy them. Don't buy them. <laughs> they have a different flavor now. Or, or Peru. They just don't buy them. But tell me how the system works and how did you develop it? That sounds really sophisticated. Uh, so we took pretty much a, a typical hunting game camera that, that feeds live information. Um, you know, it normally was designed for hunting purposes and we just made that work for what we needed. We need, we made it work to, um, catch human smuggling and drug smuggling and all that similar to like what the hunter would want to catch a deer. We're, we're turning in and they use it for, for law enforcement reasons. So we, we created, we use that little camera to, to really just benefit us and telling us what's really happening on the border. It gives me a real time focus on areas that there's no cell phone reception. There's no other way to run cameras in those areas. The rare rural parts of Cochise County, we're able to run this system. Um, and it gives us live feeds to tell us what's going on. And that's where the cartel for, I mean, decades has been exploiting law enforcement in our county um, because it is so remote in those areas that it's hard to get to we're able to establish a system in there that tells us what's going on real time and like i showed you this morning um it it allows me to show people and tell people that there is no doubt we're having a immigration issue because it's occurring as we're speaking on this radio show coming towards tucson yes. uh, it's coming to it's in that's in your county here moving towards towards here um and how do you dispute that it's occurring as we're speaking right now yeah you can't dispute it and when you think about it homicides are up in tucson homicides are up it's like you know people are <laughs> it's like crime is is running rampant how do you feel about um this police reform talk well 
<laughs> you know, here's the issue. We're, we're, we're force multiplying that problem. We truly are. You know, safe community, secure community has been a concept in law enforcement, both at the federal level, at the local level for many years, community policing back in the mid-90s. Unfortunately, the largest crime scene in the country is our southwest border. When it comes to drugs, it comes to violence, gangs, and the cartels exploiting the heck out of this. It's hard to secure communities. Uh, let me just get this stat here. 1.4 million people have come across this border uh, this fiscal year. That's a 325% increase from last year. And then you look at this. Everybody thinks, well, it's just the folks coming from Mexico or the Northern Triangle. Sherry, 164 countries have breached our southwest border. And 63% of them are other than, a Mexi- are other than Mexican. That wow. tells you that it's the world that's breaching our southwest border. So when you go back to, and these people are heading in, the thousands a day are heading into these communities. So we're talking about police reform. Heck, we haven't even stabilized our own country, let alone our communities right now. In fact, we're, we're infecting our communities when it comes to, we have no idea who these people are coming to these communities. So when it comes to police reform, listen, I always think, I have a philosophy that we always do things better, but let's not fracture something and that's not broke. And I'll give you an example. 88% of all the police in this country is rural, which is by definition means less than 100 sworn officers. 12% is urban. Tucson is considered urban. Pima County Sheriff's Department is considered urban. Now, I'm not going to speak for those agencies up here, but I'll say this. When you look at what's happened in Portland, Seattle, the failures in these kind of communities, all I can say is this. Do they need police reform? I would say something needs to be looked at. But don't take their bad practices or their failures of leadership and put them on rural America. And that's where rural sheriffs will stand up every time and say, hey, we're not fractured, but we do agree that we can always look for doing things better. Uh, I During all this last year's scrutiny of what happened in Minnesota, a lot of people are saying, well, Sheriff, why aren't we doing this? Listen, I don't have the same practice, same culture that Minneapolis does. And I don't want to have that. I police the people. I'm transparent to the, the people I serve. And so again, I just... Police reform, it needs to be respected within those jurisdictions and those citizens that want to talk about it, but it shouldn't be a general blanket to anybody. Okay, we have a caller. Rick, what's on your mind? I used to, hello. Hello. I used to be a, hi, I was a border patrol agent in the San Diego sector in the late 80s, the 90s, and the early 2000s. Um, what I don't think people realize is that the the difficulty of uh, removing the people once they enter the illegal aliens right and they're not immigrants so the legal term is illegal alien there's nothing pejorative about it an alien is a person that's not a native of the country it's not a pejorative term so illegal aliens um once they get here they're entitled to a to go through the legal system right and so uh, the administrative system is so complicated and so so many appeals and so few immigration judges compared to millions and millions and millions of people here illegally. And then somebody here illegally, there's, if they have property, right, there's, a, there's avenues that the property has to be, there has to be some kind of a disposal of the property. Um, there has to be, then the people have to be put on a plane and sent back to another country. Well, if there's and the, you always hear, what is it? What's it been now for since I, since I was in the Border Patrol? It was 11 million aliens in the country. And I must have done a good job because it's still 11 million illegal aliens in the country, which is absolutely <laughs> absurd. So the problem is that if these ha- ha- Haitian people come in um, 
15,000, 10,000, 5,000, then they're scattered all across the country. The truth is that it's probably in the high 90 percent uh, percentile that don't show up for the immigration hearing. So I, I come from Haiti. Maybe I can't read or I can't write. I can't speak English. I can speak a little Spanish and I speak French Creole. Great. Uh, but I also have tuberculosis. Not so great. Well, uh, let's send this guy to Tucson. Well, but I don't want to go back because, uh, you know, I'm afraid. Okay, well, we're going to send you to Tucson. Great. When's your hearing? Your hearing's in 2025. Great. Um, well, let's see. Okay, I'm going to, uh, well, I can't find any work and I'm having a tuberculosis attack. Oh, well, we'll send you to Tucson Medical Center. Great. And so what? what this goes on and on. And then Perhaps uh, he sends for his wife, has his wife smuggled here, they have a child, and then guess what? You're never going home. And so how, how can a few, how can a, if you have a thousand immigration officers um, to, or immigration judges, right? So basically they're a lawyer that, that uh, makes a decision in the immigration case, in the administrative hearing. So if you have, let's say you have a thousand uh, immigration judges, but you have five million or two million two million people have entered it just in the past year how are you going to get these cases how are you going to process these cases and then people from other countries otms uh, other than mexican people people that are from other countries they have to be flown back to the other, other country there and there has to be an agreement to return these people it's very complicated you have to pay uh, u.s officials to uh, to be on the flight uh, you have to pay for the flight the cost, the, the, cost the cost of this is astronomical. I, I don't want to keep going on, but I don't think people realize. They say, well, this poor guy from Haiti, this poor guy from Haiti, well, well, why can't he just come and stay? Because it's not him. I've been to 50 countries. I've spent seven years of my life outside of the United States. I've been to almost every country in South America. I love South America. I spent about three years in South America. I didn't go to South America because I'm a racist and I hate brown people in South America. I went to South America because I really like the different countries in South America. But you know what I saw in South America? I saw some beautiful green landscapes and I saw the biggest waterfall in the world. And I also saw an endless, endless stream or even a factory of poverty. So I went to some very poor places. And you you know what their number one export is? Poverty. And we cannot absorb this endless amount of poverty. I've been to Nepal in Asia. Nepal, at that time, Nepal was the poorest country in Asia. Okay. So does, so some guy, and the Nepalese people are wonderful people. They're very nice people. They're very friendly. I could speak a little Nepalese. I'd work with some Nepalese people. I, I love Nepal. But is it my obligation as an American citizen and a taxpayer that the, the poorest, what, 25% of Nepalese can now come to the United States just because they, they can't uh, make a And with no job skills. And no, with no job skills. No means yeah, to so, support themselves. Sheriff, how right. do you feel about that? Well, he's, he's making a valid point is, at what point does America become overtasked? I, I've said this before. Is, I think we already are. I, I would agree with that, <laughs> Sherry. And uh, I've I said this before. When every child in America, when every veteran in America, and every citizen in America is taken care of first, let's look at helping others. And I'm not saying we're not humanitarian. We all want to help others but we got to be realistic to what our needs are too and what we can and can't do and right now that that parameter is not set rick thank you for your call we have another caller gary you have a comment yes two questions uh i'm down here in bisbee and uh 
I know that one of our greatest assets to the Sheriff's Department and Border Patrol is our horse uh, patrol, the use of horses, which is extensive down here. Uh, regarding the Border Patrol, is this uh, this continuation of horses temporary with the Border Patrol? Will they be bringing that back? Because uh, that's a big concern to me. And the second question is, have you gone to the county fair yet? The county fair? It's going on right now in Cochise County. Oh. I've been down there for the last two days and uh, hope to be down there again this afternoon. So in regards to the question about the horses, I was told yesterday uh, from uh, spokesman from CBP that Chief Ortiz is going to continue horse patrols along the southwest border. Uh, the, obviously, the Rio Grande is an issue right now with what happened. But I know the horse patrol, based on his leadership, and I commend him for this, will continue. So uh, as we know, horse patrol is very effective in our deserts. Yeah, you need in some of the terrain that you can't get vehicles up there. It's impossible to, like, walk. You need the horses. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, we work with the horse patrol daily, and great, great, great individuals uh, everywhere have gone. Um, they're such a huge asset to our county. Uh, just go ask the ranchers. Um, w- would they prefer vehicles driving across their ranch land in, in Cochise County, or they'd rather have horse patrol out there? Um, and, and they're always going to say the horse patrol. They don't do any damage to the property. Um, it, it's just a huge asset. If we lose that, that'd be detrimental to, to everybody. To all um, our safety. It would be, absolutely. And the guys that work... Um, Horse Patrol and Cochise County are, are awesome individuals. They're they're out there working every day. We work with them every day. So what's up with this county fair? What <laughs> county fairs? I call them community events, and that's really okay. what it is. The community really comes together. And I've been down the fair the last couple of days, just talking to people. And people are really on the edge in Cochise County. I think maybe that's where the gentleman's asking the question. But uh, having the opportunity to talk to the sheriff and Border Patrol, who I know is down there too, and uh, just to get some clarification, what's going on. You look in Cochise County, Sherry, all our checkpoints are shut down. Three checkpoints are shut down. The Wilcox Border Patrol Station, which houses about 300 agents, is pretty much shut down. Maybe a handful of agents to run around, but they're all been reassigned for child care, admin processing. So we're in a different state than we were a year and a half ago when it comes to Cochise County and what we're seeing in trafficking, our crimes up. Um, Just in the last 12 days, there's been three migrant shootings down on the southwest border part of the tucson sector well so those stuff you don't see on the headlines you don't see a lot what uh, sergeant williams and i are talking about right now uh the the mainstream media does not want to talk about those things but i'm telling you i haven't found anything good that's going on the southwest border on the on the current policies second to that i'll say this uh, talking to our leadership from cbp and i commend all our federal agents out there they got a, a daunting task at hand but not one of them has said that all out of the 31 southwest border counties they're all being impacted one way or another but not in a good way that's really a sad situation we're going to be taking a break we'll be back in a few this is deputy chuk with pima county search and rescue Reminding you that infants and toddlers do not experience heat as adults do. Consider this when bringing your young ones on a hike in temperatures of over 80 degrees. You do not want to risk that child having heat stroke or being arrested for child endangerment. 
Law Matters was created to open the lines of communication between law enforcement and you. 1030 in police code means excessive use or unauthorized use of the radio, something we do with each podcast posted to iTunes and Google Play. Hi, this is Rich Tracy inviting you to join our conversation and asking you to support our mission. Please go to lawmatters1030.org to contribute. No amount is too small. Saving lives means staying informed. Knowing the dangers of using counterfeit prescription pills can help those you care about and keep our community safe. As a parent, educator, neighbor, or friend, we all play a role in building safe and healthy futures for ourselves and our loved ones. Do your part. Take the first step today. Visit GetSmartAboutDrugs.com to access education, prevention, and treatment resources. Counterfeit prescription pills laced with fentanyl are deadly. Be their protector. Be informed. Visit GetSmartAboutDrugs.com. To report suspected human trafficking, please call the National Human Trafficking Resource Center at 1-888-373-7888 or text HELP or INFO to 233-733. To learn more about Homeland Security investigations and our efforts to combat human trafficking, please visit our website at www.ice.gov or check out the DHS Blue Campaign at www.dhs.gov slash blue campaign. For more information on the Southern Arizona Anti-Trafficking Unified Response Network, please visit us at www.saturn.org or find us on Facebook. Hi, this is Sherry asking you to tune in to Law Matters live show every Saturday morning at 8. On our next show, DEA will make a special announcement and Miranda Police Chief Ruben Nunos joins our conversation. Don't be left out. Get your questions ready to call in at 790-2040. We can't do these shows without your help. Please go to lawmatters1030.org to support our mission. Law Matters podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and lawmatters1030.org. With Pima County Search and Rescue, if you are hiking with children and pets, you need to carry the extra supplies they can't. Remember, one quart of water per person per hour, and when it's half gone, turn around and start down. On the 16th of October, at the Steam Pump Ranch Farmer's Market in Oral Valley, the Oral Valley Police Department and Law Matters are hosting an anti-sex and human trafficking awareness event between 8 a.m. and noon. From 8 to 10, Law Matters will be on-site broadcasting a special two-hour live show. About 25 partnering agencies will be on-site as well. So come join us. There will be a lot to do and learn. Staying with us, our guest today is Cochise County Sheriff Mark Daniels, and he brought Sergeant Tim with him, Tim Williams. And we're talking about the issue on the border and some of the things that are going on that everybody needs to know about. And how is COVID? I mean, are you guys inoculated? Because you're dealing with all these people who aren't. Well, we've, I've allowed up to my staff. When we run about 40, 45% of my staff is taking the vaccine. Okay. Uh, the other 55, 60% chose not to. Uh, I've, we, we provide them the educational material. We provide them the resources. We provide them the means to get the shot if they choose to. But I, I've taken the stance, Sherry, that's a personal choice. It is a personal choice. And uh, so talk to their families, the ones that support them and their doctors, and let them make that choice from there. I don't mandate my people get a shot. That's what I never understood why when all this started happening, why they didn't just say, hey, this is a pandemic. Call your doctor. Find out what you should do instead of, you know all this other stuff that's been going on. Well, we, unfortunately, we politicized it. We keep politicizing everything. As long as you do that, you're going to have a division. You're going to have these separations. Uh, unfortunately, I keep telling people, too, I'm not the 
the health police. It's not what it's not. <laughs> and, and, and I add that to that. your resume. Yes, health uh, police. <laughs> and uh, and I refuse to get in that business. I'm not an expert. I wasn't trained to be the health police, and it's something I I won't do. And my team knows that too. It's up to them. So yeah, everybody. Call your doctor. Call your doctor. And, Find uh, out what you should do. It's and, your body. And, and I'll tell you, going back to the border, when it comes to the, the the numbers coming across the border, especially with Sergeant Williams and his border team, I mean, they, they're exposed every day to these folks. That, That's what I'm thinking, all these and, people. And the only time they get, when you keep seeing on the news, and the mixed messages coming from um, this administration when it comes to yeah, we, we, we get them. These people coming across, we're checking for COVID. If they're not showing signs or symptoms or they, they share that with uh, Border Patrol, they're, they're not tested. And probably the majority, unless they're going into a long-term detention facility uh, or they're showing signs, they, they're not tested. They're not given any health on that. And that's, and they're released into our country. That's an issue. But I, I'll, share, I'll share this challenge with you, Sherry. Dr. Fauci and this administration... When's the last time you've seen him talk about the border when it comes to the health pandemic? Never. Yeah, I've never seen it. it it's it's troublesome. It's almost like we've been left behind. And I tell you, it's uh, when you got thousands across the border every day coming to this country, thousands, and we're not addressing that. Wow, that's a, that's a real insult. Yeah, and I, I like I said, I don't understand why they opened the border in the middle of a pandemic. It just doesn't make sense to me. Especially under Title 42. Um, um, tell us what Title 42 is. Title 42 is something that came under the previous administration that states it's it's a travel restriction based on a health pandemic where those that, and you saw it under public transport, trains, planes, and automobiles, that any commercial that you, you were restricted except for the southwest border on illegal entries. And, and that was not restricted. Title 42 is about the only thing still left and I heard just the other day that that's going to be going away here real soon. But that's the only thing left under the previous administration when it comes to something that was happening on the border. How can it go away? Well, with the, the with the spike with the the variant, yeah, you would wonder why it's going away. But this is the intel I get that you know it's going to be going away. Unfortunately, when that happens, you're going to see Arizona look just like Texas because what it does do for us is Title 42, and it's happening here in Arizona that. If you're caught coming across the border illegally, you can be expelled without judicial oversight, which means you're magically expelled back into Mexico. Texas, uh, the state of Mexico, south of Texas, said no, we would not let you expel them under even under Title 42. That's why they have the get uh, give ups because they can't be expelled unless the federal government wants to take them somewhere else, like in Arizona, and then expel them here. But we still have the authority, and Border Patrol has the authority under illegal entries to expel them back into Mexico. The state of Sonora, Mexico, said they'd still let them do it. I'm just boggled. It seems like America is the only country these people are f flocking to. Are there no other countries they can go to? Well, I'm sure there is, but this is a land of opportunity, and we're very blessed to be Americans here. Unfortunately, secure borders... It makes secure communities, like I talked earlier on. But when you allow it, that's the key here. It's all You're about the messaging it. by this administration. The messaging that's okay to come in our country illegal right now, and there's no consequences. When you have laws that there are no consequences, you're going to have violations, and that's what's going on. I continue to say it. On May 27th, uh, the National Sheriff Association sent a letter to President Biden for a meeting. We've met with Secretary Mayorkas five times. Uh, I've been uneventful. I'll just say that. We've had no action to return on that. Uh, President Biden did not respond to the National Sheriff Association. So again, this is an, 
a willful neglect to secure our border. And I, I'm very passionate about what I say that because I take an oath to secure my community in Cochise County. And right now we're being challenged by this failed policy. Okay, what can the people do? What can the listeners do to ensure that this Title 42 doesn't go away and to help secure our borders? What, who do they have to write to? Who do they have to call to well, make something happen? I continue to say this, and this starts with, you know, we have representations from city councils. We have representations at county, board of supervisors, governor, his staff. The federal government has the same thing called state senate or federal U.S. senators. Get over to your U.S. senators. And that's one thing I say when it comes to all this. There are the spokesmen for this administration. Sheriffs have already been very loud throughout the United States on this. And we'll continue to be steadfast when it comes to our messaging of public safety, national security, and humanitarian. Uh, we'll continue doing our part, but the American people have a voice in this. And the day they give up hope on that is the day we're seriously in trouble. Be loud. Talk to your state senator, or excuse me, your U.S. senators and your state senators. Talk to your elected leaders. Let them know where you stand, both community, state, and federal. Yeah, because it's it's our country. It's that's part of the song. It's our country, so have a voice. Contact your these people and let them know where you stand on this. And if we have to shut the border to keep everybody healthy, then I guess that's the thing to do. Well, it is, and we, and that's what Title Forty Two is all about: is to um, secure and protect America under a health pandemic. And uh, and right now, that's worked very well, excluding our southwest border. That's been uh, avoided. And that's, again, it's an insult to everybody wears a badge and everybody lives on our border communities. Is the northern border, what's going on up there, do you know? My understanding, yeah, it's, it's uh, travel restrictions in place at the northern border. The only, and the coastal too, the only places is not being uh, directed upon is the southwest the southern border. border. Where the biggest problem yes. is. That's why I call willful neglect. It, it's this is intended consequences. We, with the policies in place and what we're seeing, uh, these are intended consequences. We know what's happening. And until the president of the United States says, hey, I'm securing the border, he stroked the pin and broke it. He can uh, stroke a pin and put it back it. together. Yeah, put it back together. He has chose not to do that right now. And, and this is not, I'm not sitting here as a political sheriff. I'm sitting here as somebody that cares about public safety and my, and my citizens. And as a chairman for National Sheriff Association for Border Security, um, yeah, we're on a bat, we're on a slippery slope. Let me just say, then it's not going to work out well. That doesn't make your job any easier, does it, Tim? No, it, it doesn't. <laughs> and like one thing I'd like to add that the sheriff said is is, you know, we're completely ignoring. If you look at the media events and all that people are speaking, they're ignoring the fact that the southern border is wide open. And I like to think of it, how much has COVID changed our life uh, as, a, as a general citizen? It's changing people's lives to where they won't be the same person, uh, high school students, sports, everything like that. Um, we're expected to do so many different things now as a citizen that we were a couple of years ago. But all of that, then we're supposed to absorb all that in and completely ignore the fact that 4,000 or hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants are coming across our border and they're not vaccinating them. They're sending them out into the communities with just a mask and we're supposed to be okay with that. And just as like the sheriff said, as a, as a general citizen in the United States, that's horrible, right? Especially I, I coach, I do a lot of things in the community. I see the effects that COVID's had on our young, on our young individuals. Um, it's detrimental for them the rest of their lives that we've had to change. Uh, I've got a major issue with, with what's going on right now. 
but then you're supposed to accept all that and then let the, the immigration side just happen. It's, a, it's, it's almost, ch it's childish at this point. Well, I think it's, it's broke and it really, like Rick was saying earlier, it needs to be fixed. You have somebody come in and you've got so few judges to help process yeah. these people and they're given a date like two, three years out to return. More like eight. Eight? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's insane. The, the process needs to be fixed and they need to, I think a committee needs to be put together to fix that process. Well, we need more immigration judges, no doubt about it. It's been a common theme for many, many years. And again, that's been ignored too. You, this is a comprehensive problem. You got immigration, one side of it, and you got border security, the other side of it. And they're right. two separate approaches. But unfortunately, they're both being avoided. And as long as they're being avoided, the problem's only going to get worse. And that's, you look at, and I'm just going to say this, Sherry, you look what happened in Afghanistan on the 20th. 20 years ago, our country was attacked, deadliest attack on our homeland. And then you got an open border philosophy playing played out right now. There's no other way to say it. It's open borders. We're in a perfect storm for an attack on this country. And you got 1,100 a day coming into the country that we have no idea who they are and why they're being smuggled in this country. And they're paying a fee, $7,000 and up. Uh, I think Tim told me today, 21,000 uh, on some of the VIP, they call them. Yeah, if you're if you're just from Mexico, we're being told between seven thousand. If you're from Guatemala, the other day we got a group fourteen thousand. That's what they're paying. Uh, the most we've seen India uh, twenty three, twenty four thousand dollars per person. They're paying the cartel to cross the border, and that's their uh, their package from start to, to getting to wherever they're going to be in the country. To getting here illegally, if they save that money, they could probably get processed through the system faster support their own housing issue instead of saying we need housing we need food we need clothes and yeah. you know and expecting the american government to support them here's something that we we just recently uh talked to some individuals crossing the border illegally um in their community they had no they had no intentions of coming to the u.s but there was companies in new jersey and one in oregon that are advertising on the tvs down in mexico saying hey if you can make it to the u.s we'll hire you no questions asked just you got to get to the u.s and uh, this individual um they one was going to oregon one was going to new jersey both were going to work in the landscaping uh companies um they said well, well how'd you hear about this well it's on our tv down in mexico um come to the u.s no matter how you get here we won't check your papers we need employer people to work uh just you just got to get here and what's the name of these companies uh that that i don't know i don't have it on hand um but that was the first time we'd ever heard that we asked them a lot of times we do the interviews we say you know why are you coming here and stuff like that and now twice in the last month we've been told that they've seen They're advertisements on tv to come over here Ooh, I would love to know the name of those companies. This is the force multiplier problem we have is, and a lot of them will tell um, Sergeant Williams' team and tell Border Patrol that the reason they're coming here is because they can, because of this president. And they've even worn the Biden shirts. And what <laughs> we've seen, I mean, they're very proud because the message is it's okay to come here. There's no consequences. Well, these businesses up in New Jersey and other states there are now also taking advantage of it because the rule of law is being set aside for politics. And I think it's horrible. It's something after my 37 years of enforcing the law, it just, it's hard for me to swallow that. And, and I'll say this, you look at the oath of office that local, state, and federal elected officials take, there are no more responsibilities to protect America. America first. 
Yeah. And I think that's being set aside, and that's that's bothersome to me. It is, and I, I can't, like I said, I just can't understand why they've just opened the borders and all these people are coming in. I don't think anybody has, I don't think anybody has said it's okay to come here illegally. And Tim just showed me another picture of somebody yeah. coming in across well, that's illegal. A, that's a guy that was trying to make it to Oregon. Um, I He jumped a fence. Uh, the big yeah, tall fence that nobody can fence. get through. Okay. Well, you know yeah. that you know that's one thing to say too is that fence is absolutely an awesome device, but it was only meant to be one part of the security. Right. Um, you know, people realize well, people jump the fence. That is correct, but that was only supposed to be one aspect of it. The fence was the first part. There was numerous things, the technology that was going to be in the ground that never got that never got completed. Um, the fence was only. What do you one mean in the ground? It. Like landmines? What are we talking no, about? No, no, <laughs> yeah. no, we're not that that. Okay. There, but there was sensors, things like that, that never went operational when okay. Biden signed that law, uh, the executive order. Um, people ask me, well, it was a the fence was a big waste of money because people can climb it. That's not true. It was only supposed to be one part of an aspect of an entire package the border was going to receive. And is that part of your saber? The the camera system that it cre is definitely was going to be a part of that the as well. The sensor part. The sensor. Some of the there was definitely other sensors that they were going to use. Um, that border patrol was going to deploy on the fence that never got never happened. Um, on top of my camera system as well. So, but all of this was meant to work together. The wall was just one part of it, and yes. and, and we definitely need the wall. You know, we always talk about. Um, there has to be something that says, okay, yeah, I crossed a 30 foot fence. I'm obviously not supposed to be on the other side of that unless I have the right documentation. Uh, right. you just can't have nothing there. Um, you know, if you're just crossing in the desert and there's nothing there, that's, that's an issue. You didn't know you were committing a crime. You know, you climb a 30 foot fence with border patrol all over the place. You're doing something illegal, correct? Right. You know, that's huge on our end. You should know, and you climb that, that's not right. Um, but that was only supposed to be one aspect of it that, that, uh, that some of that got created. The other parts didn't, you know, it's, it's, it's you, if you were to go to the border right now, I could show you where there's huge gaping holes where the, the, uh, the electronics and all that stuff are just exposed wires sticking out of the ground. Oh my God. That's not cool. No, it's not. It's not at all. <laughs> they froze that construction in place, and it has not had resolution since President Biden signed that executive order. So our border's a mess. Sherry, is a complete mess. There's infrastructure that's there's gaping holes where they're going to put the cement in for the physical barrier. And, and, and Tim hits it on a good head in the fact that the physical barrier is not the, the sell-all to border security, but it's a piece, a comprehensive piece of what we need. It's a symbol of trespass and it's a deterrent to come into the country. I know the ranchers loved it. We've had the ranchers on the show, and they're like, you know, finally. It slows them down. It truly slows them down, but also sends a message that if you come across a 31-foot fence, you know you're breaking the law. That's where that symbol of trespass comes from. Uh, look at the people in Pima County, Cochise County, and throughout the country. They have fences in their backyards. Ask the question, why do you have it there? It's not that you can't come across it. Um, get across it. You physically can, but it's a symbol of trespass not to. And right. um, so again, I support it. I support the physical barrier. And um, but unfortunately, right now, it's it's a, there's gaping holes in our fence right now because it was never completed. Gates weren't put in. Roads were never done. The roads are a mess down here on our border in Cochise County. And uh, th this is all one collective mess when it comes to border security right now.
So people really need to contact their representatives and say, hey, let's get this fixed. It's fixed in other yeah. areas, but it's not fixed here. Well, I asked a simple question. What have we done? I mean, taxpayers, uh, the initiative to have physical barriers, the subterranean uh, security that was being placed in the ground, the lighting, the roadway, all the stuff that was being done is frozen time. So what's the answer now? Yeah. Well, what's the answer? And w one of the things I'd like to clear is that we have to do this quick. The fence, uh, they didn't finish the waterways. They didn't finish any of the drainage issues. Uh, the fence is deteriorating extremely fast because it's like a, it, it's like you built a house and you made it 50% of the way and they just walked away, but the hurricane's coming and right. the fence I, is literally deteriorating to where the, because the waterways weren't developed and, and all that stuff didn't happen. So as we speak, the fence is literally deteriorating and, and it's going to get worse. There is, it isn't like it's staying stagnant right now. We're going in the wrong direction, uh, very fast. Um, and if we don't do something soon to try to fix that, uh, we're going to lose more and more of that technology, more and more of the fence as the water, you know, gets underneath of it and destroys it. So what else can people do to help your, your unit that, you know, with the border stuff while we're expecting people to call their representatives and get on this, you know, let's get this done. It's a small area here. That's really a problem. Let's fix this area. Yeah. So what else, what else can people do to help you? Uh, you know, the sheriff, it, it's huge because we get, I mean, a lot of policy comes out of how we operate, right? What we can right. do and, and how we can do it. Um, you know, a lot of it is also support. I, I will tell you, um, going on over 18 years in Cochise County, I appreciate the fact that in Cochise County, we have an extremely pro-law enforcement area to work in, right? So when we're out there, I've never experienced the negativity towards law enforcement in the county or city that I live in. Uh, we're truly blessed on that aspect of it. But I will tell you, that's huge. Uh, right now, when Border Patrol is getting hit pretty hard, we're, we, law enforcement in general gets hit pretty hard. Be supportive of law enforcement. Um, you know, how many kids out there nowadays are saying, no, do you want to be in law enforcement? Heck no, I wouldn't be in that job. You know, we're seeing that on recruiting sides of it as well. Um, just be supportive, I, I would say, on my end, if you're asking on a sergeant's level. Right. Support is huge. Knowing that when we're going out there every day risking our lives to do what we do, knowing our community backs us is huge. I, I don't know how my counterparts in cities that don't get support work and go to work every day. It's hard. Uh, you know, it, it'd be extremely difficult. The hard. sheriff backs us, the community backs us. We go into a store, we're in uniform, they thank us still in Cochise County, which please don't lose that. That's huge for us. And, and I wish that was in every every community. Yeah, it's it's been really difficult. I My license plate says law matters, and I get the one-finger salute a lot. Yeah. But <laughs> I, if I can add on to that too, Sherry, is get to know your elected officials from your uh, school boards, your college boards, your city councils, your mayors, sheriffs. Understand who your elected officials are at, at all levels and get to know them. Go meet them. Go speak to them. Understand their 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 beliefs, what they stand for. Do they stand for the rule of law? Do they stand for uh, public safety, which is a, should be a priority in any community? Good public safety is good quality of life. And and we're coming upon the midterm election. Get to know those candidates. Yes. Get to know the candidates running for office. Don't assume. Meet with them. Understand what they're running on, their ideologies, and make sure you're making a educated vote, a vote, because right now 
every vote counts. It truly does. If we're going to get this country back, we need to unite it, but we need to have common sense, balance, not extreme right, not extreme left, but balance, common sense back in people Use in your head. Yes. Use your head. Yes. And, you know, when Absolutely. you have, uh, like, a mayor or city officials who don't support law enforcement, there goes your morale. It really does. It's, I mean, I'm looking at what happened, and you brought this up earlier in the show here, Sherry, with the Bortro agents on horses. Even the photographer said that was not happening, what's being portrayed. But now they're sitting on administrative duty behind a desk, and I'll just tell you why. Politics. politics. Truly politics. And, and politics has nothing to do with policing. You're, we've been affected with politics in our profession over the last year, and it's, it's hurting us. And that's truly, we got great men and women that you said in your in your show here as you open up the show. I agree with you 100%. Do we have mistakes? Do we have bad apples? Yes. But good leaders get rid of those bad apples. Absolutely. And the the good law enforcement don't want those bad apples around mm-hmm. as they ruin it for everybody. That's right. So are you hiring down there? We are hiring. And we've been very fortunate that we we really, you know, hiring comes through good reputations. Cess right. breeds success. So we've been very fortunate, like Sergeant Williams said, that we, we do very well when people are homegrowns that live in Cochise County that want to serve that community, have grown up in that community. But we're starting to see... We're starting to see a, a change with that because we're a small rural county, 130,000 people live down there. So trying to track, you know, uh, we don't pay what Pima County pays or Tucson pays or Phoenix, but I'm telling you, we've done very well in this storm. We've done very well. You've got, and you know, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, you have some private money donations to help with some of the issues that are going on with your cameras and That's stuff correct. like that. And You've got people who really support you in that manner, and that should be an incentive. If you've got people, your private sector people going, hey, I want to help you out. I'm going to buy some cameras. I'm going to, you know, help you with your program, the Sabre program. That speaks volumes. Oh, it truly does. We're we're blessed. I am blessed as a sheriff to serve in a county like, like Tim just said, where we have people that truly embrace us. Do we have our naysayers? Of course we do. We have a right to disagree on both sides. But the bottom line is when you we go to work and we go into a restaurant, we didn't feel the, the pressure like some communities did, some of the urban communities, uh, mainly because we work for the communities. I'll never forget who I work for, and that's the 130,000 citizens that live in my county. And, uh, and I take that very serious and my oath of office. If every elected official would remember and never forget who put them there and who they work for, we'd be a better nation right now. Oh, absolutely. So how do people, if somebody here wants to work for you down there, how do they get in touch with the application process? You can go to the Cochise County Sheriff's Office. We have social media sites, our website. We have a Facebook. Uh, we're easy to get a hold of. There's phone numbers. Reach out to us. Uh, you reach out to my office, and we'll get you on the process. Come out, do a ride-along. I think it's so important. Come ride with my deputies. Give it, we'll give you a tour of our uh, three jails in Cochise County and come see uh, I'm very the men and women in the sheriff's office uh, to include my 100 volunteers down there. They make it happen every day. That's where credit. People like Sergeant Williams that has shown so much passion to do what they do. I, I could be more blessed to serve as a sheriff down there. That's, that's amazing. And I know you have the oldest prison. We, we're one of the top three oldest jails in the state. We're trying to get a new jail. I mean... When the federal government and the prosecution, they don't want to prosecute, guess who does that? I got people in my jail right now that turned started to be a, a federal case. We took it because they wouldn't do anything about it. Now think about it. If I don't do anything about it, 
there's no consequences. So when it comes and to... And people need to understand that the federal government is not prosecuting these people. They, well, they're leaving it up to the locals. Well, I'll give you an example. We had a cartel house down there that was being run by a cartel house, stash house. Long story short is uh, we went after them. The, the U.S. Attorney's Office would not prosecute them. Jeez. They're sitting in my jail right now. Uh, we just had a smuggler that we just indicted for, um, he was bringing five across uh, from the border. One fell uh, ill, ended up dying in the desert down there in Cochise oh, County. Geez. We ended up getting the smuggler. We charged him for a homicide. These are all local impact, and I can give you all kinds of cases on that. I mean, when a border's not secure and the federal government's not doing their job, now I'm not talking about the uh, Border Patrol agents and CBP. I'm talking about the federal government's from philosophy. The top down. Yes. When they don't do it and the message is we don't want to do it, it's left to your governor, Governor Ducey, which I commend, and also uh, sheriffs and police chiefs to do their job. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on. And how long have you been with the Border Patrol? Well, uh, you're not with Border no, Patrol. No, Sheriff's Department, 18 years and eight. then six years active Army before that. I was going to say, were you in the military? Yeah. Because you kind of <laughs> remind me of the military. But, uh, <laughs> and then I'm, I wasn't born here, but I'm, I'm, Pretty, I moved here when I was a little kid, so I, that's another big thing Sheriff hit on is it's huge when you grew up in a community and it affects you when something happens to that community, and that's that's I live that every day. I'm Where a were very, you born? Minnesota, actually, but I uh, moved oh. here when I was a little kid. So, <laughs> What so, part of Minnesota? Right outside the cities. Oh, okay. So, yeah. I've got family up there. Oh, yeah. Oh, way up there. I'm talking International Falls area. I know where that is, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, one thing like we talk about all the time, um, it, if something happens in our community, it's it's affecting the people that grew up there. And that's what we do a lot with Cochise. A lot of our deputies are from there. It matters to us that it's a safe You're community. You're invested in the community. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. So I want to remind everybody, I want to thank you both for coming up bright and early all the way from Cochise County. And want to remind everybody, we've got some real special events coming up. Don't forget the 16th of um, October over at the Steam Pump Ranch. We're going to be doing the anti-human um, and sex trafficking awareness event. And on the 20th of November, we'll have this private tour of the antique auto place. And we haven't got the details written down yet, but it's going to be awesome. And it, that will be a fundraiser. What's happening at the Steam Pump Ranch is free. And everybody should be going because you need to know what's going on. And there's a lot of human trafficking. I mean, this border, we're talking about human trafficking and people die. It's not good. So take care. Have a good morning. Have a good weekend. Watch the game. It should start at about 9 o'clock. <laughs> the big game. And we'll see you next week. Shop local and stay safe.
Hi, this is Sherry asking you to tune in to Law Matters Live Show every Saturday morning at 8. On our next show, DEA will make a special announcement and Miranda Police Chief Ruben Nunos joins our conversation. Don't be left out. Get your questions ready to call in at 790-2040. We can't do these shows without your help. Please go to lawmatters1030.org to support our mission. Law Matters podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and lawmatters1030.org. 